Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. My Jesus heard the cross alone. And all the world Crawford, 
or Crowder or Crawford. I forget what was it, Crowder? Yeah. Crowder. Crowder. Yes, that's um that's Brother Steve Lipsy's uh, uncle, I believe, and he has been diagnosed with bad, bad, bad gallbladder cancer, and he's 76 years old and he's dying. And um, Brother Steve talked to him this afternoon, and Brother Steve's not satisfied with his testimony. So um, I'd appreciate your prayers for him that the Lord would be merciful to him and may the Holy Spirit come and convict him of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come to where he will lean on the Lord Jesus Christ finally and forever and nothing else for his salvation and won't trust in any one, two, three, repeat after me. Because, folks, let me tell you something. You can recite prayers and hold hands and nod heads and and wink and jerk and jump all you want to. That don't save you. The only only way of salvation is being drawn by the Spirit of God, which means the Holy Spirit of God tells you you're a sorry, no good for nothing reprobate, and you need a Savior, and he shows you the righteousness of God, which is Jesus Christ, and you lean on that from that moment forward for your salvation because that will be your righteousness that gets you through. There is no other way. For in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, but it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Not the foolishness of dreams and visions. Not the foolishness of Sunday school teachers pulling a child off in the side and telling them to hold their hand or shake their head and giving them a false idea of salvation. They go the rest of their life leaning on a prayer. Hey, prayer's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray because that you will pray. You will be broke down in the Spirit if the Holy Spirit of God calls you and draws you. Because you will see, for an instant, you will see what you really are. You'll see, for an instant, what you really are. And that no matter what you do, or ever have done, it don't amount to no more than a a pile of filthy women's ministerial cloths. And that's not my opinion. That's the Word of God. That's Brother Isaiah's characterization of all our righteousness is as filthy rags. So, Brother Dave, if you would, when you pray, pray for Brother Steve and Sister Lipsy and Brother Wayne as well. If you would, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, Brother. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you tonight and I give thanks, Lord, that you are on the earth alive, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, Acts on the earth today. His acts are similar to the book of Acts and other periods. The Pauline epistles, he's working. They're similar, different, but he's active. He's healing. He's anointing. He's changing. He's delivering on the basis that he so chooses. And I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases upon your body on the cross. And that deliverance is part of salvation, just as our soul is delivered, just as our spirit is born of God. The deliverance for our bodies there, and you appoint it to us 
at your good pleasure. And Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for Brother Wayne Crowder that the healing of the cross of Jesus Christ come upon him and heal his physical body, but first of all, his spirit, his soul, and his body, Lord. I pray that his spirit becomes saved, that he comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and is born of God, and that he's circumcised in his heart. And I pray for his soul, that his soul is delivered from demons and from addictions to sin, And I pray for his body, Lord, that he's delivered from the oppression of disease. In Jesus' name, by the blood of Jesus, not by works that we have done, not by prayers that we have prayed, but by the work of the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ has done it. It's finished. Father, I lift up Brother Steve Lipsy and his mother. I pray for them, Lord, that you would bring comfort to them, that you would... uh, Allow them to have that prayer ministry for Wayne, that you would give them the right things to pray for him. And I pray that they would have peace in their heart and mind. And I pray that you would reveal to them when he does make that choice for the Lord Jesus and when he is transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that they have that peace in their heart and confirmation by the Holy Ghost that he is saved. And tonight I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, for the teaching. I pray for the Holy Spirit to anoint the Word of God and to anoint Pastor Don and enable him to speak the words that reach out by the Holy Spirit to the hearts and minds of all of us and to those who download And I pray that we are anointed to read the Word of God and to be taught by the Holy Spirit tonight. And I pray that, Lord, that you would work a work in our hearts and our minds tonight, all of us, that you would show us new things, but not just for the sake of having some kind of pleasure and discovering something new, but that it would be the answer to questions and also an ability to understand it brings us into a new walk with you, a deeper walk and understanding of spiritual matters. And I pray these things to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and in his name, the name of Jesus, the almighty name, so be it. Amen. 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 Okay, Brother Chad, if you would, I want you to turn to um, Judges chapter 4. Amen. And Brother Dave, I want you to turn to Judges chapter 19. Okay. Folks, before the program, for if anybody's just come in the chat room. Oh, and by the way, before I even get started, Brother Brian, be sure and tell Brittany and Damien that, that Pastor Don sends his love and tell them I said hello. And tell Brother Damien to write me an email if he wants to, okay? I appreciate it. But anyway... I was making mention before the program that anybody reads the book of Judges, and we're going we're gonna to more, more pick on one tribe tonight and, there, and show you how God does something, how he weeds out sin out of his people. Benjamin wound up, I made mention the other night, that Benjamin had trouble with homosexuality. Well, I'm going to prove it to you, and I'm going to show you. I figured maybe everybody knew it, but they don't. So I'm going to go ahead and show it to you tonight. 
And what ha- why we're going to be jumping ahead to uh, Judges 19, but I'll give you an overview right now. God had to wipe out almost the whole tribe, men, women, children, their whole works. So he left 600 left, only 600 left. That's God killing his own folks because, hey, because of their wickedness. It wasn't just the homosexuality, it was perversion. Whenever you run across a phrase in the Word of God that says they were sons of Belial, all that means that they're worthless. That's what it means, worthlessness. Worthlessness. Belial, Belial, you know. You ever see that? These sons of oh, you sons of Belial. Well, it means they're worthless, and these Benjamites were worthless. Well, we'll jump over there and hit that in just a little while. But first of all, we're going to start here, and we're going to deal a little bit with women's lib. And I'm going to show you how God. Everybody talks about yeah, there's a, it's so fine for a woman to be a pastor. Number one, O-R is masculine, so that right there is strike one. It had be, it would have to be a pastoress, couldn't be a pastor. God does not allow it. The qualifications for a pastor or an elder or a bishop are in First and Second Timothy and Titus. And nowhere does it give deference to a woman. But God does use women, as we're going to find out here. And we're going to say, even though God has to bow, has to stoop to using a woman, he gives the man that wouldn't do what he was supposed to do the glory for instead of the woman. And the only way you would ever see, know this, folks, if you studied the Scripture, okay? You'll never get it just reading the Scripture. You'd have to study We're going to find out also about this lineage of Kenites. I'm going to show you where they're from. Moses married one. Sephora. Asher married into the Kenites. I'll go ahead and tell you they're from the line of Cain right off the bat. K-E-N-I-T-E-S. Kenites. When you see that, You'll know it. So right off the bat, when they come, and, and it tells you when they're coming out of Egypt, when God calls his folks out, he, he makes mention of one of the tribes that had a strange outlandish wife. And everybody just seems to read over it and pay no attention to it, you know. But I'm going to teach you like the Lord teaches. The Lord talks about whenever the Lord talks about his people, he shows you their strengths and weaknesses, like I mentioned the other night. But in the end, he doesn't even remember the the bad parts. He just will talk about the good parts. He'll bring up the good stuff in the end. Because the blood atonement has been made. For all sin, past, present, and future. As it says in Hebrews, he made one sacrifice for sin, sat down at the right hand of the Father. 
And that's one sacrifice for sin forever. Forever means forever. Well, that's a little bit what we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit on those things tonight. I was trying to do a, a video that I was going to let everybody know on Facebook. I'm gonna start, Lord willing, and help permitting, and everything works out okay. I'm gonna start using a little video as well as the uh, normal advertisement for our program and give a little heads up on what's going to be taught, some of the things that's going to be taught. And hopefully it will bring some more people to the chat room. So y'all keep that in prayer as well. Because we are definitely, unless the Lord steers us a total different direction and makes it plain, we are headed in the direction of going live stream. So, Brother Chad, if you would. Sure thing. Judges chapter 4. The book of Judges chapter 4. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Right after the old wheel just keeps on turning. Just like, we, oh, hallelujah, I got right with God. Everything's wonderful. Oh, and smiles and praise God's and hallelujahs. And two days later, bump, bump that head again. Such is life. It's philosophy of world history, national history, state history, trip, uh, tribal history, and individual history. Can't beat it with a stick. The only exception is the Holy Spirit that helps us in the, under the new covenant by a renewing of that spirit to the inward man day by day. That's the only exception in all of God's realm is for us, and it's specifically for God's elect. Such a special, special people. Such a special, special calling. And I myself have took advantage of it so many times, just as you have took advantage of it so many times. We should always approach our standing, our standing, our position are, is as already, we're already there as sons, okay? But our standing is our fellowship, and we ought to always approach our, our fellowship and standing with the utmost humility and the fear of God. Like Paul says in Philippians, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that's not godly reverence. That's real fear. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that worketh in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Folks, if you're not scared of the Lord taking time out to deal with you individually, then you have no fear of God. And if you can't recognize when he does it, you don't know it. You haven't got you haven't got to know him on the personal basis you should. I found that in my years of ministry and dealing with folks, they try to blame it on coincidence. Well, I just had a flat tire today. Maybe. Maybe not. 
Nothing happens to a Christian. Nothing happens to one of God's elect by chance. Well, I broke my leg because I just made a misstep on the scaffold. Really? You don't think God had anything to do with it, and you're his, and he's got everything invested in you? Are you serious? Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the so-called "quote unquote" Christians out there—that's what they think. When the Scripture plainly teaches otherwise, Peter goes so far as to say not to think strange. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, telling you point blank that they don't nothing happen to us by chance. Chastening and the Lord dealing with you. How? What? See, some, and we're all different, folks. The Lord can just nudge some people, and they're so tender, they're so tender and innocent-minded, and haven't lived a wicked life in the past that the Lord can just nudge them, and they'll immediately fall to obedience and pick up and go the straight and narrow. Then there's others that the Lord has to hit with a ball-peen hammer over and over and over again to get the point across, like yours truly. And now I'm not saying that as a badge of honor. I'm just warning you, you don't want to be like that. And then there's the others that nothing ever seems to happen, and they just slide through life. They holler in the Lord Jesus Christ this, the Lord Jesus Christ that, and not one bump in the road. I have my doubts about that. I have my doubts about those individuals. Scriptural doubts. Went over it many, many times. For whomsoever the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receives and then he gives you the flip side and tells you if you're without it then you're a bastard and not a son and that's why Paul tells you to prove yourselves examine yourselves prove your own selves know you not Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobate that's why you've got the congregations and congregations of people that's listened to this repeat after me stuff. And they, their whole, their, their, all their faith is in a prayer and not a person like I was talking about before the program. Not in, not in the faith of, of his name, see. The devils believe. They know who he is. They know his name better than you or I. And they tremble. No, you trust in his righteousness. It's by his faith. See, his was perfect faith. Like Paul says in Galatians 2.20. He lives by the faith of the Son of God. That one little word everybody misses. It's the faith of Christ. That God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's all about him. And like I was telling Brother Steve earlier, when he talks to Wayne, he needs to give him some good, simple illustrations to get to the point. It's like I've told you before and ad nauseum in the past and use this illustration over and over again. Just believing that Jesus Christ was a person and that he died for your sins and he rose again the third day, you can believe that all you want to. But until you trust it, until you put that faith in action, that's like putting a chair in the middle of a room and for 30 years telling everybody, slamming your fist up against the wall, screaming, I believe that that's a chair, and I know that chair will hold up my 195 pounds, and that chair is made out of oak, and that's a, it's varnished, and it's beautiful, and I love to look at that chair, and that chair would definitely hold me up, and I know that if I sit in that chair, I will not fall. But guess what? All that fine and dandy talk ain't worth up. Ain't worth the air it took to say it until you go over and sit down in the chair and display faith. That's saving faith. That, my friend, is saving faith. You never, you can know that planes can go from one city to another and that they're safe and they're all that kind of, but until you take a flight, you don't know nothing about it. You can sit and talk about it all day long. See, that's why it's personal. That's why it's a personal relationship. That's why Paul goes as far to say, if any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha, or a curse till he come, because the only way you can love him is to lean on him and watch him get you through junk. You've got, to, you've got to see him get you through junk. And then it'll all be 2020. You'll look back and you'll say, look what I got through last year. And I'm here today and, and I'm still here. I was trusting Christ the whole way. And he got me through. It didn't feel like it. And I had doubts about it for a while. I'm talking to some people right now that had some doubts about a year ago. I'm not going to call no names. But if I bet you if I asked them to give a testimony today from the time when they were doubting, I bet you they'll be shouting. Maybe sometime I'll do that. See? But every one of you, you pray for Wayne. We don't want none of our brethren going into the next life unprepared. That's why it's so imperative that the command to preach the gospel is there. And see, you don't have to be a called pastor, teacher, or an evangelist to preach the gospel. Because everyone is called to produce kind after kind. That command's not just a certain gifted pastor, teacher's. So everybody thinks that that's what it is. It's not that way. Never was that way until the last 150 years. And it started being categorized. And after the Protestant Reformation is when the first seeds of it got 
sown to where the Protestant reformers decided that a person's gift in the secular world was his gift, his gift from God, which it is in a way, but it's not the spiritual gift from God that has to do with what you do for spiritual things. See, that's where the Protestants got it wrong. And that sent off people in waves just to where if they was a good carpenter or they were a good locksmith, they thought they, they, thought they were serving God. They, they were, you know, slinging rewards up in heaven because they was a good locksmith. And hey, maybe they might get a good commendation for it, but that's not for spiritual reward, see? When me and Brother Chad go and hit that Christianity 101 stuff, we're going to go through those gifts, and each one of you that name the name of Christ and are leaning on his righteousness have one or more, more than one of those gifts we're going to go through. And the Holy Spirit dwelling in you will let you realize what it is. Whether you accept it or not and start acting on it will be totally up to you. See, that's that free will part, see because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. They're given to you freely of God by his choice, because he knows you, knew you in eternity, knew, knew every part of your DNA and knew how you would be. Therefore, he gave you the very gift you need, spiritual gifts I'm talking about now. He gave you the very spiritual gift that only you can exploit and use for him. No matter what you think, how good you are, great. We're seeing people already that there ain't nothing remarkable about them at all. They're just normal folks. But God uses them mightily when they yield to the Lord. See, it's all about surrender. It's all about not my will, Lord, but thine be done in me. It's not, I can't speak, Lord, and having to get a trance like getting air. No, it's about taking what God has given you and doing the best you can, if that don't mean, but reaching one person in 60 years. Guess what? Then you've accomplished what you were put here to do. That's why you don't judge yourself among yourselves. That's why all the flim-flam junk running around out there on religious television and, and the fake preachers and all the false doctrine and all that stuff. The true maturity as a Christian is judged by obedience not how high you can jump in hallelujahs and praise during a song service. It's judged by your obedience. Yes, Lord, thy will be done. Serve now, reign later. Serve yourself now, you're going to be in a hell of a world of hurt on the other side. Didn't say you was going to hell. But it, whatever, whatever it is, it ain't going to be fun. 
for a while, at least a thousand years. So pay attention to these individuals because you, the Holy Spirit might just point something out to you as we go through these individuals that talking talking to you directly. See, that's the way the scriptures do. Uses illustrations to talk to you individually to work on you in your life. That's what preaching is all about, folks. Preaching ain't about knowledge. Preaching's about you shoring your daily life up to work for the Lord. Doctrine's about knowledge and understanding. Big difference. Big difference. So keep that in mind. That's the reason you have to be spiritually attuned to the words. And I'll show you how simple, like I might mention early, earlier before the program started, when we jump over tonight, I'll show you how everybody, that nobody in the chat, I'm sure somebody that downloads as many as there are, knew about this problem that Benjamin had, the tribe of Benjamin had, because it's right there in the scripture in plain sight. Nobody knew. Never didn't know that. Well, if you read it, how do I? Anyway, continue on, Brother Chad. That's enough for the, the spiritual insight for right this second, okay? Amen. So think Amen. about what I'm talking about, okay? Go ahead, brother. Fantastic segue. And, and had me thinking about these, these judges. These aren't these white-haired, black-robed, you know, intimidating like you said, these are just common people that are just called by by the Lord to do to do His work. That's right. Amen. Chapter four, verse one. There we go. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Harosheth of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. For he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and twenty years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. You see this old Sisera, this sapsucker, he had iron, iron chariots and wheels. Because that's the knowledge of the giants. That's the knowledge of the Nephilim. That came from across the flood into the new world after the flood. That technology. Israel didn't have iron chariots and wheels at this time. But the giant clans, all the ites, Jebusites, Hivites, you know, whateverites, electric lights, black lights, whateverites, they did because they come from that strain, that bloodline, all the way to where we are now and will further further on. Don't forget, Uriah the Hittite was one of David's mighty men of valor. He was a Hittite. And it just tickles me to death sometimes to see some of these people that that want to try to go back and change the word of God or try to twist people like Rahab not to be what the Bible says they are. They are who they are, folks. They come from the lineage the word of God says they come from. No matter how bad it messes up your doctrine, that's why they hate the book. Go ahead, Brother Chad. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. So here we have Deborah. 
really we have this we have Lapitah and it's his wife that that is called that is judging Israel at this time. Continue, brother. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kedesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and the children of Zebulun? And I will draw unto thee the river Kishon. Hold on, let me... I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon. What verse you on, brother? Uh, verse 7. Okay, go ahead. And I will draw unto thee to In the river chapter Kishon. chapter 4? Chapter 4, verse oh, 7. Brother, I apologize. I'm in the wrong stinking book. <laughs> go okay. ahead. And I, and I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude. And I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. Now let's just stop right here. Amen. I won't go unless you go. This this is a real man, ain't it? You talking about a lily-livered woman, just a, a... wet behind the ears, hide behind the skirt, won't do something without a woman? Deferring to the woman when he's supposed to be the man? See? In situations like this, God would use the woman. He's going to use two women here in this story. But then I'm going to show you who got the glory. See, just because the woman, just because Barak wouldn't do what he's supposed to do and wouldn't even go unless the woman went, the Lord overlooks every bit of that and gives the glory to Barak, and I'll show you that in a little while. Doesn't even mention Deborah. He's a sexist God. He sure is. He absolutely is. He's a discriminating God. He always has been since the very beginning. He's all about discrimination. He's all about segregation. He's all about racism. That's our God. And if you're not part of that, you're not fully on board with God. Period. Now, it got nothing to do with judging the motive or the heart. It's got to do with obedience to the Word of God. Because if you disobey the book, it's just like disobeying the big word. Disobey the little word, disobey the big word, same thing. They're, they're so closely knit together, they're practically inseparable. So Barak says, I'll go if you'll go. Man, she must have been something else, I'm telling you. He must have been, uh, they, she, he must have drawn some kind of strength from her 
that the, the Bible is very silent about, or she must have been a hot chick one. I don't know. Go ahead. Re- keep on reading, brother. Verse 9, and she said, I will surely go with thee. Notwithstanding, the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the now Lord. listen, this woman says that the honor's not going to be her. He's not going to get the honor. That's the, is that what it is? That what this verse says, brother? Yes. Okay. Continue read. Y'all keep that in mind. Go ahead. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kedesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kedesh. And he went up with 10,000 men at his feet, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses. Uh, do what now? Read that again. Now Heber the Kenite. Brother Dave, I want you to look up the word Kenite. Okay. I want you to give the definition and the etymology. Okay. uh, The biblical usage, Kenite equals Smith. Mm -hmm. The tribe from which the father-in-law Moses was a member and which lived in the area between southern Palestine and the mountains of Sinai. The Strong's definition, Kenny, a patronomic from H7014, a Kenite or member of the tribe of Cajun, Kenite. Okay, now go to the root and find out where it came yes. from. And, uh, and the outline of biblical usage um, for the root, which is Cain, is uh, biblical usage Cain, equal okay. possession. You got that and from Cain. Uh, the Strong's definition says the same as H7013. The name of the first child, also of a place in Palestine and of an oriental tribe, Cain, Kenite. Cain, from Cain, from Cain. Oh, well, so be it. Sure wasn't no Israelite. Moses didn't marry no Israelite. Married somebody from the line of Cain. They called themselves Kenites. I mean, you going there's Kenites, there's Canaanites, there's Edomites. It's more than just one, folks. Matter of fact, it's three. Does that shock anybody? <laughs> that shock you, brother Chad, that there'd be three? Not at all. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. It's going to be three or seven. Three super wicked ones. Canaanites, Edomites, and Kenites. Mm -mm, You can't beat this book. Continue on, Brother Chet. Okay. And I'm I'm going with my my personal coach, Alex Scorby's pronunciation of Kenites, just so you all know. Okay. And Brother Dave, go back to 19 and Judges. Now, okay. Okay, verse 11. Now, Heber the Kenite which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had severed himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent unto the plain of Zaanam, which is by Kedesh. And they showed Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, 
was gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera gathered together all his chariots, even nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the people that were with him, from Harosheth of the Gentiles unto the river of Kishon. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. Say, yes, remember, she's a prophetess. Go ahead, brother. And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Harosheth of the Gentiles. And all the hosts of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Howbeit, Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And here's a Kenite woman married to a Kenite from Cain. Watch the Lord use her. Go ahead, brother. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be, when any man doth come and inquire of thee, and say, Is there any man here? That thou shalt say, No. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent, and took an hammer in her hand, and went softly unto him, and smote the nail into his temples, and fastened it into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary. Man, he must have been for somebody to take a hammer and nail and drive it through his temple. She did this sucker in big time. Continue on, brother. So he died. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail was in his temple. So God subdued on that day Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king God, of Canaan. God used two women with a scaredy-cat man to get his bidding done. And one of them wasn't an Israelite. At all. No way. Continue reading, brother. That's the end of chapter 4. Okay. Then we will switch horses and go to chapter 19 in Judges. Brother Chad, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11, and I want you to start at verse 30 and read to verse 32. Now I'll show you who got the honor for all that, folks. Hebrews 11, 30 32. 
Got it. Hebrews 11, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what more, oh, pardon me, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also. That's good enough. Points made. Barak got the the glory. Deborah in jail didn't get one mention, but a whore got a mention above them. You think God was kidding in 1 Corinthians 1 when he talked about the people that he chooses to do his work? While Brother Dave starts reading chapter 19, Brother John Chad, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 1. Yes. Judges chapter Go ahead, 19, verse 1. And I want you folks to pay real close attention to this story, okay? This is one of the most oddest stories in all of the Old Testament. I've done give you a a purview of what's coming. So I want you to pay close attention. Go ahead, brother. And it came to pass in those days, when there was no king in Israel, that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim, who took to him a concubine out of Bethlehem, Judah. And his concubine played the whore against him and went away from him unto her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there for whole uh, four months, four whole months, excuse me. And her husband arose and went after her to speak friendly unto her and to bring her again, having his servant with him and a couple of asses. And she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the damsel saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. And his father-in-law, the damsel's father, retained him, and he abode with him three days. So they did eat and drink and lodged there. And it came to pass on the fourth day, when they arose early in the morning, that he rose up to depart. And the damsel's father said unto his son-in-law, Comfort thine heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward go your way. And they sat down and did eat and drink, both of them together. For the damsel's father had said unto the man, Be content, I pray thee, and tarry all night, and let thine heart be merry. And when the man rose up to depart, His father-in-law urged him. Therefore, he lodged there again. Watch watch this, Brother Chad, and see if you catch it. I I remember this now. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. And he arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart. The fifth day. I wonder if there's anything good going to come out of that five. No. (laughs) Go ahead, Brother Dave. To depart. And the damsel's father said, Comfort thine heart, I pray thee. And they tarried until afternoon, and they did eat, both of them. And when the man rose up to depart, he and his concubine and his servant 
His father-in-law, the damsel's father, said unto him, Behold, now the day draweth toward evening. I pray you, tarry all night. Behold, the day groweth to an end. Lodge here, that thine heart may be merry. And tomorrow, get you early on your way, that you may go home. But the man would not tarry that night. But he rose up and departed, and came over again against Jebus, which is Jerusalem. And there were with him two asses saddled. His concubine also was with him. And when they were by Jebus, the day was far spent, and the servant said, uh, said unto his master, Come, I pray thee, and let us turn in to this city of the Jebusites. Okay, and let's stop. Now here, this servant says, let us go in here to the Jebusites. There's one of them electric light deals. Jebusites, high about, pervice, all blah, 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 light. Jebusites, well, this guy's got good intentions. He says, no, not going to mess around with no people that are not Israelites. Watch him say it. Go ahead, brother. And his master said unto him, We will not turn aside hither into the city of a stranger. That is not of the children of Israel. We will pass over to Gibeah. And he said unto his servant, Come, and let us draw near to one of these places to lodge all night in Gibeah or in Ramah. And they passed on and went their way. And the sun went down upon them when they were by Gibeah, which belongeth to Benjamin. Belongs to who? Benjamin. Okay. Keep on reading. And they turned aside thither to go in and lodge in Gibeah. And when he went in, he sat him down in a street of the city. For there was no man that took them into his house to lodging. And, behold, there came an old man from his work out of the field at even which was also of Mount Ephraim. And he sojourned in Gibeah, but the men of the place were Benjamites. Got that? You couldn't miss it with a, with a missing machine. These are Benjamites here in this city. Continue reading, brother. And when he had lifted up his eyes, he saw a wayfaring man in the street of the city. And the old man said, Whither goest thou? And whence comest thou? And he said unto him, We are passing from Bethlehem, Judah, toward the side of Mount Ephraim. From thence am I. And I went to Bethlehem, Judah. But I am now going to the house of the Lord. And there is no man that receiveth me to house. Yet there is both straw and provender for our asses. And there is bread and wine also for me, and for thy handmaid, and for the young man which is with thy servants. There is no want of anything. And the old man said, Please be with thee. However, let all thy wants lie upon me, only lodge not in the street. So he brought him into his house, and gave him provender unto the asses. And they washed their feet, and did eat and drink. And is, is this sounding familiar? Does this, does so far, does this story sound a yep. little familiar? Sort of like Lot. Yep, yep, boy, watch verse 22, keep on. Now as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city 
certain sons of Belial beset the house round about. All right, if you stop there and look up the word Belial and prove what I said, it's not some. It's this is not somebody that was in the Benjamite city. It's just a bunch of worthless Benjamites. Exactly what it means: worthlessness. Worthless, good for nothing, unprofitable, base fellow, yep. wicked. Yep. Amen. There it is. That's right. Okay. Continue reading, Brother Dave. Okay. At the comma. The, yeah. At the comma past Bilal. Mm-hmm. I lost my place. Just a minute. Verse 22, brother. Yeah. Okay. Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, men of the city, certain men of Bilial, beset the house round about, and beat at the door, and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house. Watch it now. Watch it close. That we may know him. Do y'all know what that means? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. That's faggotry 101. Absolutely. How in the world did everybody miss it? Right there in front of you. Yeah, uh, well, I, it's plain that these men, but that, you know, I d- wouldn't equate the whole city as being gay because, well. Well, you're fixing, to find out what the the Lord, you're fixing to find out what the Lord thought about it. And then, okay. you, but then make the decision. Okay, that's good. Because there it says certain sons, right? Okay. Anyway, and the man, uh, verse twenty-three, and the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is come into mine house, do not this folly. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now and humble ye them instead of them wanting to see he's offering them women a virgin and a concubine instead of having their perversion their faggotry and sodomy with the man so he's offering them women continue brother and do with them what seemeth good unto you but unto this man do not so vile a thing But the men would not hearken to him. So the man took his concubine and brought her forth unto them. And they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. And when the day began to spring, they let her go. Don't think that happening in Germany today with the Muslims? Aren't they taking advantage of our women, white women, and doing all kind of stuff to them? Yes. Isn't ISIS doing this kind of stuff in the cities they go into? If there happens to be white folks there, don't they do all kind of vile stuff to them? Anyone who's a Christian. Right. Absolutely correct. Keep on. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was in the light. So she's not dead. She's still alive. She went through all the rape and... Says just complete rape, 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 perversion all night long. And she comes and falls down at the doorstep. But she's alive. Continue on. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out 
to go his way, and behold, the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house, and her hands were upon the threshold. And he said unto her, Up, and let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took her up upon an ass, and the man rose up and got him unto his place. And there's a possibility that she she died during that brief period of time because she don't answer him. She's either dead or unconscious. Continue, brother. And when he was come into his house, he took a knife and laid hold on his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said, There was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it. Take advice and speak your minds. Absolutely. Three admonitions to pay attention to this story. It's got multiple teaching in it. Cut her up in 12 parts. Send her to the 12 tribes. And then he's even going to lie about it. See if you catch that in just a minute. Next chapter. Chapter 20, verse 1. Then all the children of Israel went out, and the congregation was gathered together as one man from Dan even to Beersheba with the land of Gilead unto the Lord. Gilead, brother, Gilead. Gilead, sorry. Gilead unto the Lord in Mizpah. And the chief of all the people, even of all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 footmen that drew sword. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel were gone up to Mizpah. Then said the children of Israel, Tell us, how was this wickedness? See there, the children of Benjamin. Not just to scattered some visitors. It's the Benjamin Benjamin as a tribe. Continue. And the Levite, the husband of the woman that was slain, answered and said, I came into Gibeah that belongeth to Benjamin, I and my concubine to lodge. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and beset the house round about upon me by night and thought to have slain me and my concubine have they forced that she is dead and I took my concubine and cut her in pieces and sent her throughout all the country of the inheritance of Israel now what did you but, see there that wasn't quite kosher uh, well he said that they, they came to kill him that's right he embellished the story just a little bit continue on brother For they have committed lewdness and folly in Israel. Behold, ye are all children of Israel. Give her, give here your advice and counsel. And all the people arose as one man, saying, We will not any of us go to, to his tent, neither will we any of us turn into his house. But now this shall be the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up by lot against it. 
and we will take ten men of an hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, and a hundred of a thousand, and a thousand out of ten thousand, to fetch victual for the people, that they may do when they go when they come to Gibeah of Benjamin, according to all the folly that they have wrought in Israel. And they're not picking out a few men. They're going after the whole bunch, the whole tribe, as you're fixing to see. Go ahead. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, knit together as one man. And the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What wickedness is this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. Bad decision. Bad decision. Continue. But the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities unto Gibeah to go out to battle against the children of Israel. The only reason you'd take up for a bunch of faggots is if you had a bunch of faggots among yourselves. Well, there's also, like I was thinking just when I read that, political correctness. These guys were, you know, powerful men or something, and hey, we got to accept them. You know, they're just like us. They got this little problem, but, you know... Oh, my okay. son came like them, and he's a good guy, but he's got that, you know, little yeah, wicked... The Lord's st- fixing to take care of that little son. Oh, yeah, you want to believe it. But it's like what I can see exactly today, people are like that. No, we'll protect them. They'd say the same thing, wouldn't they? Oh, of course. Yeah. Nothing new under the sun, brother. Yep. Amen. Verse 15. Okay, verse 15. And the children of Benjamin were numbered at that time out of the cities, twenty and six thousand men that drew the sword, beside the inhabitants of Gibeah, which were numbered seven hundred chosen men. Among all this people, there were seven hundred chosen men left-handed. Everyone could sling stones at an hairbreadth and not miss. And the men of Israel, beside Benjamin, were numbered, 400,000 men that drew the sword. All these were men of war. And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Okay, now they went and, they went and petitioned the Lord. They're doing right. They're praying. And the Lord gives them the answer, take Judah. They went by Unum and Thunum. And the Lord answered them, send Judah first. Well, let's see how that works out. Go ahead. And the children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. And the men of Israel put themselves in array to fight against them at Gibeah. And the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah, and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day, twenty and two thousand men. And the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves, 
and set their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, Go up against him. And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel again 18,000 men. All these drew the sword. Man, there's some heavy casualties going on, folks. And Benjamin has won the first two battles. Go ahead. Then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came unto the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into thine hand. Hold on just a second, brother. I gotta, I gotta check this call. Go ahead, brother. Okay, verse 29. And Israel set liars in wait round about Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in array against Gibeah as at other times. And the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And they began to smite of the people and kill and as at other times in the highways, of which one goeth up to the house of God, and the other to Gibeah, in the field about thirty men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, They are smitten down before us as at first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them from the city unto the highways. And all the men of Israel rose up out of their place, and put themselves in array at Baal Tamar. And the liars in wait of Israel came forth out of their places, even out of the meadows of Gibeah. And there came against Gibeah ten thousand chosen men out of all Israel, and the battle was sore, but they knew not that evil was near them. And the Lord smote Benjamin before Israel, and the children of Israel destroyed of the Benjamites that day twenty and five thousand and a hundred men. All these drew the sword. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were smitten. For the men of Israel gave place to the Benjamites, because they trusted unto the liars in wait, which they had set beside Gibeah. 
And the liars in wait hasted and rushed upon Gibeah. And the liars in wait drew themselves along and smote all the city with the edge of the sword. Now there was appointed... All the city, that even the beast. And they killed men, women, children, the whole works. Continue on. Now there was an appointed sign between the men of Israel and the liars in wait that they should make a great flame with smoke rise up out of the city. And when the men of Israel retired in the battle, Benjamin began to smite and kill of the men of Israel about thirty persons. For they said, Surely they are smitten down before us as in the first battle. But when the flame began to rise up out of the city with a pillar of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them, and behold, the flame of the city ascended up to heaven. And when the men of Israel turned again, the men of Benjamin were amazed, for they saw that evil was come upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel unto the way of the wilderness. But the battle overtook them, and them which came out of the cities they destroyed in the midst of them. Thus they enclosed the Benjamites round about and chased them and trod them down with ease over against Gibeah toward the sun rising. And there fell of Benjamin 18,000 men. All these were men of valor. And they turned and fled toward the wilderness unto the rock of Rimmon. And they gleaned of them in the highways 5,000 men and pursued hard after them unto Gidom, and slew two thousand men of them, so that all which fell that day of Benjamin were twenty and five thousand men that drew the sword. All these were men of valor. But six hundred men turned and fled to the wilderness unto the rock of Rimon, and abode in the rock Rimon four months, and the men of Israel turned again upon the children of Benjamin and smote them with the edge of the sword, as well the men of every city as the beast and all that came to, ha to hand. Also they set on fire all the cities that they came to. In other words, they raised everything the Benjamites had to the ground. Men, women, children, old men, beasts, they put it to the God means business. He will not have this kind of stuff going on and allowing it to continue amongst his people. Even using his people to kill his own people. To wipe out this scourge that was amongst the Benjamite clan. Next chapter, brother. Verse uh, chapter 21, verse 1. Now the men of Israel had sworn in Mizpah, saying, There shall not any of us give his daughter unto Benjamin to wife. And the people came to the house of God and abode there till even before God and lifted up their voices and wept sore and said, O Lord, God of Israel, why is this come to pass in Israel that there should be today one tribe lacking in Israel. See there? They, they killed them down to 600. They called them down to 600 men. 
And you're going to find out, you're, you're going to know, well, I said that they killed men, women, and children. You know that because of what you're fixing to read. The Scripture didn't say that, but you're going to know that by what it says in what's coming up real quick. Like, Go ahead, brother. And it came to pass on the morrow that the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the children of Israel said, Who's there among all the tribes of Israel that came not up with the congregation unto the Lord? For they had made a great oath concerning him that came not up to the Lord to Mizpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. And the children of Israel repented them for Benjamin their brother and said, There is one tribe cut off from Israel this day. How shall we do for wives for them that remain, seeing we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them of our daughters to wives? And they didn't have any of their own because they were dead. That's the way you know the slaughter was everybody. There's no doubt in my mind that the Nephilim blood got in Benjamin. That's my opinion. For the Lord to do, doesn't it sound? Doesn't it sound like Joshua go and kill every man, woman, child? Doesn't it sound like that? David, Chad, don't it sound yeah, like yeah. what the, the, mm-hmm. the commands he gave Joshua about the Canaanites? Yeah, they had yes, they had an army of four hundred thousand men. That's what I'm saying. Now they're and, down and, to six hundred and, and no women. Six hundred and no women and children and nothing else. So they were corrupted. And now, and now, where did that problem of queer come from? Nephilim. That's my opinion. That's not what the book says, but that's my opinion. And I imagine if you traced it on back in their lineage, in the genealogies, you'd find out where they married. Well, they don't have to catch. Uh, all you got to do is go back to chapter 3 where it says they took the wives of all the Jebusites, Hivites, Nights, this, nights, that. So there you go. There you go. Continue on, brother. And they said, What one is there of the tribes of Israel that came not up to Mizpah to the Lord? And behold, there came none to the camp from Jabez Gilead to the assembly. For the people were numbered, and behold, there were none of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead there. And the congregation sent thither 12,000 men of the valiant and commanded them, saying, Go and smite the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead with the edge of the sword, with the women and the children. Mm. Are there? Go ahead. And this is the thing that ye shall do. Ye shall utterly destroy every male and every woman that hath lain by man. And they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead four hundred young virgins that had known no man by lying with any male. And they brought them unto the camp to Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. And the whole congregation sent some to speak to the children of Benjamin that were at the rock Rimon, 
and to call peaceably unto them. And Benjamin came again at that time, and they gave them wives, which they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh-Gilead. And yet so they suffered, sufficed them not. And the people repented them for Benjamin, because that the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. Then the elders of the congregation said, How shall we do for wives for them that remain, seeing the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, There must be an inheritance for them that be escaped of Benjamin, that a tribe be not destroyed out of Israel. Howbeit, we may not give them wives of our daughters, for the children of Israel have sworn, saying, Cursed be he that giveth a wife to Benjamin. Now, why would they have said that? Let's stop and let's read into the scripture something. They had made this curse before anything had happened, before any of that story had started. They had done made a pact. Benjamin had apostatized and fell into every kind of perverted sin there was, where even the story sounded like Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's right there for everybody to read, and people read over it and just never see it. Right, stand right in the face. Continue reading, brother. Then they said, Behold, there is a feast of the Lord in Shiloh, yearly in a place which is on the north side of Bethel, on the east side of the highway that goeth up from Bethel to Shechem, and on the south of Lebona. Therefore they commanded the children of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in wait in the vineyards, and see, and behold, if the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance, in dances, then come ye out of the vineyards. Ain't that a cool you. way? This is, a, this is fun. This is this can put a grin on your face if you're a man. This is a cool way to choose a wife. You just choose, you just choose the one that, that, that suits you best here. Watch what goes on. Go ahead, brother. And catch you every man his wife of the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin. And it shall be when their fathers or their brethren come up Come unto us to complain that we will say unto them, Be favorable unto them for our sakes, because we reserved not to each man his wife in the war, for ye did not give unto them at this time that ye should be guilty. And the children of Benjamin did so, and took them wives according to their number of them that danced, whom they caught, and they went and returned unto their inheritance and repaired the cities, and dwelt in them. And the children of Israel departed thence at that time, every man to his tribe and to his family, and they went out from thence every man to his inheritance. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There you go. There's that phrase that I started just teaching out, telling you about. There was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you something. Brother Chad, real quick, go to Galatians 6 and read verse 16. Okay. 
Galatians 6.16. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. There is a king in Israel today. Amen. There is a king in Israel today, and he's supposed to be on the throne of your heart. That's the point I was making in the first program. Man, the Judeo-Christians hate that verse so bad. Galatians 6, 16. Even, do, even my Bible teacher would make, as hardcore as he was, he would even make a slam against that verse. Wouldn't change it, but he'd make a slam against it. By saying, whatever that means, well, Doc, if you would have just got off your prejudice about that Jewish crap, you would have understood. The Israel of God does have a king today, and it's supposed to serve no king but King Jesus. And the elect of God, that throne room is already set for the king to sit on the throne of the heart of the elect of God. Just like Paul said in Romans chapter 11, even now there is election. There is a number according to the election of grace. That's the bride, folks. That's you and I. That's you and I, if so be the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, Brother Chad, I want you to go and I want you to read in 1 Corinthians when I talk, we've been talking about these judges and how common they are, and we're going to bring up some more of their qualities as we continue on. In chapter 5. Brother Dave, go to chapter 5 in Judges, okay? Okay. And Brother Chad, I want you to read, start about verse 11. Read to the end of the chapter. Okay, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe. I tell you what, go on down to around verse 16. Sure thing, this is after the... Uh, uh, thank God I have not baptized. I've yeah, go down, go down there where it says, You see, brethren, how not many wise men are called, not many noble. Okay, so for the preaching, oh, yeah, where's the wise, where's the scribe? Mm-hmm. Start there. I'm going to start in verse 18. Right? Uh-huh. I, I, I like these verses. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written... Now, what do, what does that say to that bunch that some of you folks waste your time with that laugh at the preaching of the cross? What does it say about them? What does it say about those that there's no such thing as personal salvation? They are fools and they will perish. Well, read the verse again and watch it close. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Ah, stop. To them that what? Perish. Well, let's see who loves this preaching. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Bingo. Amen. Bingo. Contrast right there, and you think you're going to get a blessing? You think you got my get some carnal blessing? 
You think you're going to get some spiritual understanding from some that think that the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ and the personal relationship is a funny joke? Don't tell me they don't. I, they, I've heard it over and over and over again. I may just, if I wouldn't, I may just pull out the thesis and read it sometime, do you? Okay? Anybody could go read it if you wanted to, but I just hadn't sent you there. In the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, but it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Well, if you don't have any preaching, you don't have anybody getting saved. Amen. Hey, common sense. Well, they better be preaching the truth. They better be preaching the gospel of the grace of God. Just like Paul laid it out. Not like in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, no, no. It was revealed to Paul. They just can't get it because they mess with the book. God messes with their mind. You mess with this book, he'll mess with your mind. And their blinders will come down on them eyes, those spiritual blinders, and they will be, it'll be impossible for them to see the truth because the Holy Spirit won't come within 10 miles of them. And only God can grant the repentance to them for the acknowledging of the truth, according to Second Timothy chapter two. Right, Brother Dave? Amen. Continue reading, Brother Chad. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. See there, not many. There's a few. There's a few for God to keep his intellectual line in place. Paul was a was an intellectual. He came into that category, schooled under the feet of Gamaliel, an expert in the law in the Old Testament. And it has been that way all through the ages for the last 2,000 years. Not many, though. And all these people that's got PhDs and HIVs and post hole diggers here and all this stuff out beside, they're just everywhere. Well, that's anti-scriptural because it's only a few that's called. But let's see who the Lord does call. Continue on, brother. 
But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring the not things that are. Yeah, that's where God called Brother Don. The things that are despised. <laughs> and I wear it with, with honor. Amen, amen, amen. Absolutely. With honor. Verse 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. That's the kicker right there. I don't care how many schools you went to. I don't care who was your teacher. I don't care how many good grades you made. I don't care if you graduate magno cum laude. I could give a tinker's damn. I'm concerned in what you know about the one that bled and died for you and the knowledge of this book. That's what impresses me. God didn't come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And he came to save the ungodly. And he came to use the weak and despise things of the world to do that. And he even tells you in Romans chapter 10 that the one that he called to do the preaching, that their feet are blessed. It's a special calling. And if the Lord says that they're blessed, the ones that he calls, the rest of the scriptures dictates that, well, I'm not going to go there, that they be treated that way. Nobody likes to go there. Because it's an if carried out properly, it if, if a person that has the calling does what he's supposed to do, and honors his calling, and the Lord is number one in his life, and he's sold out and surrendered to that calling, then the people supposed to get it and understand it. That's why they're worthy of double honor. That's why they're. That's why the labor's worthy of his hire, of of his reward. If he if he does if he if he's a lazy sap sucker that don't do nothing but get up and talk about football scores, or talk about how bad the Jews are on Wall Street, or how bad the blue gums are down in Birmingham, Alabama, and that's all he wants to talk about. He don't tell you how to arrange your life to where you can get in first name basis, first talk on a first name basis with the one that died for you. He deserves no respect at all because more than likely the Spirit of God ain't within a thousand miles of him. And if you eat rotten meat, you get sick. And if you hang around a garbage dump, you begin to smell like the garbage. And sometimes you can even smell it through the Internet. Have some, have, 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 have some folks ever, even, ever been loyal to anything other than your own self? then how in God's name can you be loyal to one you don't see that's invisible? 
Paul was a hard case on that right there. When me and Brother Dave get, um, Brother Chad get into this, I'm gonna hammer it on this time. Amen. 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 I mean, I'm gonna hammer it. I'm gonna hammer it till you're gonna get sick of it. Preach, preacher. Because there's some straightening out needs to be done. You want blessings from the Lord? Obey Him. Or do you want to just live your life out like you want to do what you want to do? And I don't give a tinker's damn who likes it. If your wife don't like it, tell her, sorry, get right with God. Show her in the book. Do it out of love. Don't be a loud mouth like me. Use compassion and love, but expect the change. Expect them to come over, if so be the Spirit dwells in them, that they'll come along to the acknowledging of the truth. And put things in the right perspective. Not no equality. There's no such thing as equality, a woman's equality with a man. Not godly men and women. There's no such animal. They both have their special place. And I don't give a tinker's damn if you've been married for 75 years. If it hadn't been done according to the book, it's useless. No matter how you love it. And any woman that loves God wants it that way. And on the bare pragmatic evidence, every woman wants a man. A real man, not a Barack. Barack. I'll go if you'll go, honey. What do you think about this, babe? Reckon we ought to do this, honey? No, it should be, this is the plan that I have. What do you think about it? Well, I'm glad you like it. Or if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry you don't like it, but this is the plan. That's the way it's handled. That's the way it's done, biblically. No compromise. No quarter asked, no quarter given. You say, that don't work for me. Then the problem, hey, the problem's not the book, folks. The problem's you. Hey, I got much experience in this one. I can speak from this one like the Pope ex cathedra because I know I am the prime example on how to screw up. Okay? When it comes to that. That's the reason I'm I'm so adamant about it, to try to help you. I don't care if it's worked for 20 years your way. If it's not the Bible way, it's the wrong way. Something's missing. And it will raise its head eventually. Either in the relationship, or the children. Because they're going to emulate what they see. And those of you that moan and groan about the condition of your children, you got nobody to blame but yourself if you, if you did not follow the biblical way. If you did, then you might have a gripe. Otherwise, shut your 
stinking mouth. Deborah in jail did a wonderful work in chapter 4 and didn't get one bit of praise for it in Hebrews. The, the praise went to a sissy that was scared to go by itself. That hung on to the coattail of Deborah. Now, if that don't tell you what God thinks about it, then you, you don't have no understanding at all. Next chapter, Brother Dave. Okay. Judges chapter 5, verse 1. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Avinom, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marched out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless ye the Lord. Speak ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way. They that are delivered from the noise of archers in the places of drawing water, there shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord, even the righteous acts toward the inhabitants of his villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead thy captivity captive, thou son of Avinom. Then he made him that remaineth have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Out of Ephraim was there a root of them against Amalek after thee, Benjamin, among thy people. Out of Machir, Machir came down governors. Out of Zebulun, they that handled the pen of the writer. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah, even Issachar, and also Barak. He was sent on foot into the valley for the divisions of Reuben. There was, were great thoughts of heart. Why abodest thou among the sheepfolds to hear the bleeding of the flocks? For the divisions of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Gilead abode beyond Jordan. And why did Dan remain in ships? 
Asher continued on the seashore and abode in his breeches. There's a good little nugget there. Dan is a sailor. That's a good little nugget there about Dan. Go ahead, brother. Zebulun and Naphtali were a people that jeoparded their lives unto death in the high places of the field. The kings came and fought. Then fought the kings of Canaan and Tanak by the waters of Megiddo. They took no gain of money. They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. There's your war on the other side of the veil taking place right there. Go ahead, brother. The river of Kishon swept them away. That ancient river, the river Kishon. O my soul, thou hast trodden down strength. Then were the horse hooves broken by the means of the prancings, the prancings of their mighty ones. Curse ye, Meraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Blessed above woman shall Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, be. Blessed shall she be above woman in the tent. Oh, so there's a, this is the only this is the only exaltation of Deborah and Jael. And Jael's a Kenite. Remember, don't forget that. Okay? Continue. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer she smote Sisera. She smote off his head when she had pierced and stricken through his temples. At her feet he bowed, he fell, he lay down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. The mother of Sisera looked out at a window and cried through the lattice why is his chariot so long in coming why tarry the wheels of his chariots her wise ladies answered her yea she returned answer to herself have they not sped have they not divided the prey to every man a damsel or two Sisera a prey of divers colors a prey of divers Colors of needlework, of divers, colors of needlework on both sides, meet for the necks of them that take the spoil. So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord, but let them that love him be as the sun when he goeth forth in his might, and the land had rest forty years. Okay, so ends the song of Deborah. Let them love him. Be at, let them that love him be as the sun, S-U-N, when he goeth forth in his might. Failed reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the land rested for 40 years. Any questions in the chat room? I don't see any questions, Pastor Don. Okay. 
Good job reading, Brother Dave. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> you too, Brother Chad. Amen. Thanks. But that's just some lessons you need to learn. See, that's what I mean about people that they know a few subjects in the book, but they don't know, they don't know the book. They don't know the book. They never told you before about this problem in Benjamin, that the Lord had to cut them down to 600 because they were perverted sex addicts. <laughs> and on that, Pastor Don, they, the, the way the story goes, they seem pretty high and mighty about themselves. They're 400,000 standing yes, army. Do. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. they're like, we're not turning over our, our, our homos. You know, Of like, course they're not because you don't turn over people like you are. Amen. If they were against it as sin, they would have turned them over. This is common sense. Oh, they already had the laws. They knew that that That's was That's right. That's exactly right. They knew the Levitical law. But if you turn them over, their conscience, they'd have turned themselves over. Amen. So, well, they was married and had kids. What's that got to do with the price of eggs today? Happens all the time. Bisexuality. Perversion. Just as rampant today and more rampant just as it was in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Sodom, as the Lord says in Luke 17. So we learn that our Israelites, oh, I'm an Israelite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a sinner. What you are. You chosen of God? Absolutely. Of all the people, only you have I loved. But you see for how God, you see a little tough love going on here, don't you, Brother Dave? Yes, yes. A little tough love. See, that's so far removed from today, so many thousands of years ago, and you, if you, if you can't reach back there and pull it up here and apply it today and think about it today in the context of today, you don't even need a Bible. And, you know, there were 40,000 Israelites killed that were right. Benjamites. That's exactly and right. The Lord let them they get were slaughtered. Purged. Yeah, and they were doing the right thing. They were yeah. obeying God. They were seeking his face first, not running off half-cocked. And the Lord said, yes, go up. Slaughtered. Do you think the Lord was purging some of the Israel of some of these guys that he wanted out of the way? Well, probably so, but the thing about it is when sin's in the camp, it affects everybody, brother. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. And the Lord had to do some cleaning out. First two battles, they got their tails kicked. And then the Lord said, I'll take care of them this time. And then... That was it. Killed them down to 600 men. And then the Lord calls the greatest Christian that had ever lived out of the tribe of Benjamin. Amen, amen. Now, all this stuff is, uh, the Lord don't do nothing by chance. Nothing happens by chance. That purity, that purity that the Lord desires, Something else. 
Not to mention he would be he would be a virgin too. Paul would would have been. That's yeah. exactly correct. Amen, right. amen. He, he he could do it. He he wished if anybody else he, could do it, they he, said that, that that they would. But he he knew that not that's not uh, it's not like the uh, pot bellies uh, you know out there in Rome. Like oh, everybody should be like that. Like you know, nope. you got to be a special person. He plainly like tells you that in First Corinthians seven, and he even tells you he gives his opinion and not the Lord's. I took Amen. Brother Chad and showed him that the other day. Paul's so honest when he's writing, he tells you, this is not the Lord, this is from me. But then he'll be quick to say, I think I have the Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's a character, folks. Paul's a character. And he said, that which was written aforetime was written for our learning. You know, we've learned some lessons out of this so far. And amen. And I hope that the Holy Spirit takes what's been said and you learn some lessons too. I hope that one of the biggest lessons I hope you learn is there's so much lies and false teaching and absolute puke going on out there today in the name of quote unquote Christianity. And I'm talking about our persuasion that it's just. Uh, it's abhorrible. And the majority is always going to run to the crowd. That's where the flies are drawn to. You can't serve God in mammon, folks. You can't have two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other, or love one and hate the other. Period. Can't be done. You're still you're still in that old nature. You, know, you still have that old body to deal with that likes and dislikes. That likes to be like the like those Israelites said, speaking to us smooth things, not hard things. They love to be lied to. They love their ears tickled. Brother Brother Chad turned to um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to close with this. I told you all we'd go a little longer tonight because we're, we're cutting our, our Sunday night and Monday night programs down because of work day. I hope none of you have to work tomorrow because I'm going a little long tonight. But I'm going to show you this. Paul Paul is getting everything he can in. This is Paul's swan song. He's in a Mamertine prison, and the, and the light's fading, and he's just getting about an hour and a half a day maybe to get to write these letters, this part, to get it to young Timothy, who he's led to Christ, the young preacher, preacher boy Timothy. And he gives him this admonition. This is the last words this old saint ever said. And this is to ever, ever preach any preacher worth his weight in salt knows these verses that Brother Chad's fixing to read. And if you live by them, if there's any preachers out there, if you don't familiarize yourself with this, and check and take it, and go back and keep checking on it, kid. It ain't, it ain't going nowhere. The Lord will keep using it to revitalize you, to realize what you're supposed to do. Because you live in a horrible time in history. 
Like I said, the last time started with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like John said, these are the last times. And Paul's fixing to, he's fixing to, to put a big onus on Timothy's shoulders because he knows he's fixing to get his head chopped off. Brother Chad, Second Timothy, chapter four, verse one. You start read, just start reading. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season. When you feel good. Out of season. When you don't feel good. Reprove. Rebuke. Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We're there. Been there for the last 150 years. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they're all around us. They shall they're all them. around us that seek those teachers, having itching ears, wanting to hear some new thing instead of solid sound doctrine. Continue, brother. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Genesis Apocryphon, the Nagamati text. I can just go on and on and on. The second book of Enoch, the third book of Enoch. I can go on and on. The book of Adam and Eve. And try to make doctrine out of it. Continue. But watch thou in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You love his appearing? See, this is not just for a preacher, teacher. This is for this crown is for all them that love his appearing. Do you long for his appearing? Do you search the scriptures about his appearing? you ever end your prayers and even so come Lord Jesus? Are you too worried about what Goldman, who's leading Goldman Sachs or what the neocons are doing or what APAC's up to? Hmm? Continue, brother. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me for Demas hath forsaken me. Demas was one of Paul's close-knit workers for a long time, but couldn't stand the heat when Paul was put before the judge the second time, and he cut the mud. He left. Continue. Having loved this present world, and see there, see it, see there. Go ahead. I'm not even there. I'm just listening. I know it by heart. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus 
to Dalmatia. Dalmatia. Mm-hmm. Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. The only one that stood with old brother Paul was Luke, the blessed physician, doctoring him all the time for all his pains and aches. had to carry a physician around because of all of his suffering and pain. That suffering and pain didn't stop him. It slowed him down a little bit, and he hated, wished he could have done more, wished he didn't have it so he could have done more, but that wasn't what the Lord's plan was, see? Because whenever things going well, you don't ever appreciate the Lord like you should. Prosperity, like I said, when we started this program, when we started this book, Prosperity Breeds Monsters, folks, and history bears it out. That old wheel keeps turning. Every time Israel gets on a high horse, and then again the children of Israel did wicked in the sight of the Lord, even when they're in the milk land flowing with milk and honey. And you can break it right on down to personal life. The only exception, like I said, is a completed canon and the Holy Spirit. And that throne room in your heart. That's your only exception. That's your only hope. Period. Continue, brother. Yes. Uh, Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, little Mark has grown up and got out from under Mommy's coattails. Paul rebuked him and wouldn't go nowhere with Barnabas, told Barnabas to take him and go the other way. He couldn't stand Mark's little sissified acting, so he, he, he wouldn't go nowhere with him because he left Paul holding the bag on one of the missionary journeys. But now Mark's grown up. Now he's profitable to Paul. So Paul has forgiven him and says, bring Mark, he's profitable unto me for the ministry. Go ahead, brother. And to Kikus have I sent to Ephesus. That's Tychicus. Oh, Tychicus. Have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Especially the parchments. Bring the books, but especially the parchments. You can imagine what that is. Go ahead. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. We find out all about that in the book of Acts. Go ahead, brother. Of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. The ones that whenever he went before to be Having made his first call before Caesar, everybody got scared because they knew what the sentence was going to be. At his first answer, they left him. They forsook him. Everybody but Luke. Continue. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. But that first, at that first hearing, he was. To, some people say that that's literal. That he was delivered out of the mouth. Some try to. Most people try to make it metaphorical, or make him be speaking in some metaphorical term. 
but there is no doubt in my mind, I said no doubt in Don's mind, that it was the actual mouth of a lion because that's what they had in the arenas in Rome, was lions killing Christians. Ignatius died that way, one of our church fathers. And it says here the Lord supernaturally delivered him out of the mouth of the lion. Continue, brother. Yeah, there's no context of any other allegory above that either. So. Nope. I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that, Pastor. Um, verse 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. That's a wonderful bit of confidence, folks. If you got that, you got it, you got more than this world will ever have. If you can go to bed at night with that confidence... You've got more than any king, president, prime minister, hottentot, whatever. You've got more than any of them's got. And only, you know what's you know the only thing that'll give you that? Ain't no vision gonna give that to you. It's not gonna come in no dream that's gonna give it to you. Only the Holy Spirit, by way of the Word of God, through love of the Lord Jesus Christ, will you have that assurance. That's the only way you'll get it. How do I know? Because that's the way I got it. I'm speaking from experience. I used to not have that. There's time in my life I didn't have that. But now that I do, I can pass it on to you and tell you, I can't make you do it. All I can do is calmly and with charity and love tell you that's the only way. And it is the only way. And Paul set the example. And it all starts with a rudimentary obedience. And if you can't be obedient in the small things, you doggone sure are not going to be obedient in the big things. And I'm going to lay out those small things one by one when we go over Christianity. Man, Brother Chad. And you can like it or lump it. There's, there are no ambiguities to it. It's not a matter of what you like or what you think's right. There's over 2,000 years of church history to back it, back it up and fruits to go right along with it when we get into that kind of stuff. And all the flim-flam, I don't believe that. Just all that crap going on today is nothing but what he just got through warning about in the first few verses. Going after teachers having itching ears. People love to be told they're the chosen of God. People love to be told there's their old wicked adversaries where all the problem lies. See, that's ear tickling, folks. If somebody's not telling you you're a sorry, no good for nothing reprobate half the time, telling you your thoughts are wicked, you're not doing right because your fruits ain't showing it, you don't 
have no business being around that person because he's not helping you one bit. He's adding to your problem. Did not you hear the admonition? Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Paul slammed the Corinthians so bad. He says, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You don't pick and choose. The Lord lays it out. You don't pick and choose what you obey and what you don't. And when you do and when you don't. Because that makes you master of your own destiny and master of your own life. Therefore, you're not serving nobody but yourself. Just like the Lord told them in the parable about sitting down to eat. The master sits down to eat first. And the servant's supposed to eat last and say, it was only our duty to do, master. See, it's, it's served now, rain later, folks. Can you get it? Let me read that verse again. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Prisca and Aquila and the, house, and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. I wonder where all those laying on the hands and miracles are at. Undoubtedly, Luke couldn't heal him. And, and Hey, we're talking about Paul here. Paul couldn't heal him. He did earlier in the book of Acts. Something's changed. Why don't some folks just see that? He left his best, one of his best buddies at Miletum sick. Couldn't heal him. And he had the healing gifts at one time. He raised the dead. Snake bite wouldn't even hurt him. But they're gone. Just like he said they'd pass away. I'm talking about the individual thing. I'm not talking about God healing. That's in the atonement. But it's up to his will according to his plan. But that individual stuff is history. That's not according to me. That's according to the greatest Christian had to leave his buddy at Miletum sick. That's the word of God telling me that. You say, Brother Don, are there any extenuating circumstances where the Lord might still do like he did? Of course there is. The Lord can do anything he wants to do other than violate his book. Under special circumstances. Continue on, Brother Jeff. Verse 21. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Yebulus greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. 
that 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 prudent pudence right there, brother David, is the one we were talking about yesterday. Oh yes, mm-hmm. Rufus Pudence, yeah. Yes. Continue, brother Chad. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. And that's the last words the old saint ever wrote down that we know of, and went on to die a martyr's death and was put in a nameless grave, and nobody knows where. He had, as the old Southerners used to say, he had religion. Heavenly Father, take the teaching and preaching tonight, apply it where it needs applied, with all your power that you can possibly muster and intend to do, by use of your Holy Spirit, we'll give you all the honor and the praise for anything that you do and everything that you do. For it's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. The contact information for Don Spears Ministry. The telephone number is 334-397-2333. Again, that's 334-397-2333. The email address is also the PayPal account. For Pastor Don, the email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. Again, that's respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. You can go to PayPal, enter that account number, and make an offering to the Lord Jesus Christ and help Pastor Don. And you can also mail Pastor Don offerings at 3155 Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017. That's 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. And people, I would appreciate that more than ever now as I'm working toward doing my best to try to get this surgery business going and headed in the right direction where I can stand on two legs and and walk again, and maybe we'll see things happen out of these surgeries. I'm praying that it will, and maybe get a new spark on everything and get back to what some of the original plans were. Only God knows that, but I'm going to do my share, and it'll be up to the Lord to do the rest, but my mind's made up. Praise the Lord. Praise and, be to God. Amen, amen, and, amen. Uh, whatever the Lord does, I'm going to do my part, and then it's up to the Lord to do the rest. But I, will, I really do appreciate the ones that do support me. I couldn't make it without you now, see, because I, did, I, I, because I set my budget by that stuff. And don't, and if you, if you don't, and if you start, just, just obey the Lord, folks, okay? Just obey the Lord. He's he's plain. He's very plain. I appreciate it very much because it did did this. There was a miracle that happened this week that really came straight from God, and I am so thankful because I wouldn't have been with you tonight if it hadn't been for that blessing.
just remember I'm loving you and praying for you and I'm trying to feed you. I'm trying my best. Good night, everybody. Lord willing, help permitting. We'll see you Sunday night. Good night, Pastor Dunn. Good night, brother. Good night, brother. Good night, brother Chad, brother Kevin, everybody in the chat. I love each and every one of you. Good night, all. At the great judgment morning At dawn and the trumpet had blown I dreamed that the nations had gathered To judgment before the white throne From the throne came a bright shining angel And stood on the land and the sea And swore with her hand raised to heaven That time was no longer to be And oh, what weeping and wailing As the lost were told of their fate They cried for the rocks and the mountains They prayed, but their prayers were too The rich man was there, but his money had melted and vanished away. A pauper stood there in good judgment. His debts were too many to pay. The great man was there, but his greatness, when death came, was left far behind. The angel that opened the record, no trace of his greatness could find. The widow stood there and the orphan God heard and remembered their cry No sorrow in heaven forever God wiped all the tears from their eyes The gambler was there and the drunkard And they who had sold him the drink With people
We're told of their faith. They cried for the wolves and the mountain. And they cried, but their prayer was too late. The marble man took a judgment, but self-righteousness would not do. All the men who had crucified Jesus had passed off as moral man too. And no Not tonight, I'll get saved by and by. No time now to make up redemption. But at last, they found time to die. And no weeping and wailing. As the lost were told of their faith, they cried for the rocks and the mountains. They prayed, but their prayer was too late. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.